This podcast, this podcast features adults, features adults using, adult, using language. adult language, but you know, you know, you gotta grow up sometimes. Sometime. It's really our best content. It, it is, which is sad. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's okay. But hey, it's season two. Season two of Gotta Grow Up Sometime. Welcome yes. back, everybody. Here we are. It's Gotta Grow Up Sometime, a Swan's Crossing retrospective. And I am Libby Grant. I'm Nathan Kessler-Jeffrey. Still, we haven't changed over the weeks that we have been in radar silence. And we've missed you. We have. We've missed you terribly, all 17 of you. I have our metrics, so I can see that we have 17 regular listeners. I love that. One of whom is in Canada. Hello. <gasps> one who's in the UK. Fantastic. Everyone else is in the United States. Oh, our friend across the pond. <laughs> why why and, did you do that? And we just lost that person. <laughs> now we have 16 unique listeners. Thank you. <laughs> Oh boy. Well, um, I hope we had a good break. I hope you guys enjoyed the bizarre uh, and hopefully entertaining bonus content I made for you. I dredged it up out of the depths of my soul. I'm so sorry that now you have to know what the depths of my soul are like. But there it is. We just watched... You like how I just like left it yeah. hanging there? <laughs> Thank you. I didn't say anything. Yeah. Uh, over here I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah, it's dark there. <laughs> I'm the worst co-host. <laughs> or the best co-host, depending on one's perspective. Oh, I'm going to have to, now that we're recording in person, because I'm full of full of antibodies and you're full of messenger RNA. It's beautiful. And we're not going to kill each other with COVID, so we get to record in person. The sound quality is marginally better than it was before. Still a few quirks to iron out, but we'll, we'll make it happen. But um, now I'm going to have to do some signal for when I need to cough so I can mute it, which is going to be right now. And again, my cough is not due to COVID. It is because of the medication I have to take. Which oh, sucks. that sucks. Yeah. Uh, good times. Anyway, we watched episode 11 of Swan's Crossing, which is the aftermath uh, that, that occurs after the great swan cake spins out of control at Mila's surprise birthday party. And your predictions that you left us with a few weeks ago are as follows. Oh, gosh. First of all, can I just say that the aftermath... Good title for this episode. <laughs> it is. There's probably some other very good titles that we will come up with, but the aftermath, very good. It was aftermathy indeed. Yeah. So your predictions were... Oh my gosh. First of all, that we would not pick up where we left off. <laughs> we would start the next day with Sydney and Garrett having a conversation about the party. Sydney trying to hide the fact that she was so jealous. That was incorrect. Yep. Zero for one. You predicted that there would be no Nancy with a frowny face after that in my notes. Zero for two. The Baldies and the other computer guys, uh, would the next shot of them would be walking out of their computer office. Zero for three. It did not happen. We would be back in JT's bedroom slash office working on the science problems and Katie would screw something up again. Zero for four. Right. Mila would spend all of this episode in her bedroom recovering from the shock and completely depressed. <laughs> and Sydney would come over. Zero for five. Big zero for five. Callie would try to get some work done in the shop to forget all about the drama, and she would comfort Jimmy. Zero for six? I, I mean, mean uh, I'll give you... 5.5 for six. I would say, yeah, okay. I'll be generous and Point, say that. I was going to say you get like a quarter of a percent for that. <laughs> and you will miss all the innuendos from Sophia. I do miss the innuendos from Sophia. Understandable. Uh, but there were some very good innuendos in this episode. <laughs> there were some uh, uncomfortable innuendos Ooh. in this Ooh, episode. Real uncomfortable. Well, as, uh, it, as it turns out though, we opened exactly where we left off with the spinning table and everyone having ducked and covered as if sheltering from a nuclear blast. I, the thing that I love about this shot is that everyone looks like they are ducking from a drive-by shooting. Oh, God. 
and there are still many, many pink balloons. It's like the whole shot is framed in pink balloons. And Jimmy and Neil are off to the side having a chuckle about what has just happened. Oh yeah, they are yucking it up over their prank. They're just having a great time. Can can we talk for a second about how women have to crouch in heels? Uh, yes. It is so strange to see this group of people and all of the women are wearing heels and so they're in this very strange little upright ball. Yes. Because they're all standing on Heels are the bane of every woman's existence. Um, as like the, the listeners can't see this, but I rolled in to record today wearing jeans and men's suspenders and men's Oxford shoes. And looking dope as hell. Thank you. Thank you. I, I like to say, uh, I, found, I saw this on Twitter recently. I wish I could remember who said it because I did not come up with this, but it's perfect. I do not perform gender. I am gender stage crew. <laughs> I knew you would appreciate that, being a professional theater man. I'm a professional theater man. And man, there are some things that we need to talk about in the writing of this episode. Oh, yeah. Because We're going to get into it. traditionally, traditionally in dramatic structure, and I'm not sure if this is true for novels as well, but traditionally in dramatic structure, you have this thing called cause and effect, mm-hmm. where one thing happens which leads to the next thing. And this is a scenario in which many things happen which have no basis in that cause and effect chain. (laughs) That is true. That is a theme of Swan's Crossing throughout all 65 episodes. Sometimes shit just happens with no cause and no effect. Yeah. (laughs) Just occurs. It is wild. Yes, it is. This episode. Um, Only the head of the cake, the swan head, is left on the table and it's still spinning wildly when some member of the press comes up and asks the Countess for a comment. He says, how do you feel about this Swan's Crossing welcome? One word from you to sum it all up. And then she says, my hair, and runs off. Runs away. As the the photographer snaps a photo. And the reporter says, perfect. (laughs) I love it so much. Looks like this party's over. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's just so good. The spinning swan's head is very disconcerting. It looks it looks like there's been a swan guillotine at work. <laughs> uh, after the guy says, looks like this party's over, Sophia, covered in icing, says, I agree. And then she goes on to call the joke, total preschool. Glances over at Jimmy. Like, she knows it was him, and then Edward heads out with her. Oh, yeah, and Edward, like, on the way out, he's like, let's not let children ruin the evening. Bitch, you're two years older than these other children. Right? Seriously? (laughs) The camera pans over to Jimmy, who looks like maybe he's regretting rigging the table to splatter cake all over his ex-girlfriend. Or maybe he's just thinking deep thoughts. It's kind of hard to tell with Jimmy. I thought he was sort of figuring out his next move, but I don't think that was it. That does not pan out in the rest of the episode. I don't know. It's very hard to tell with Jimmy. He is inscrutable, and that might be due to his sorcerer's blood. Ooh. As we covered in the bonus episode. Indeed. (laughs) There is one moment... In this episode that we're going to get to, where I know exactly what Jimmy is thinking. (laughs) I I know what you're referring to. (laughs) Mila is crouching on her heels on the ground, just like sobbing into her hands. And Glory comes up and asks her if she's okay and kind of tries to comfort her. Before Glory comes up, it's important to note that Sydney is standing right next to Mila... Essentially nonchalantly picking cake off of herself and taking no notice of this crying girl two feet away from her. And Sandy is in the background and essentially just sits down, sort of stunned, looking over Mila like she can't see her. (laughs) Sandy! Oh, so Glory, you know, tries to make her feel better. Mila surprises her by revealing that she wasn't crying at all. She was faking it. Yeah, she seems super chipper and cheerful. Like, it's very funny to her. And her subsequent line is, you can have your cake and wear it. I taste much better this way. (laughs) Owen then plays a lick on his drums, stands up and says, come on, everybody, let's rock rock and roll. roll. (laughs) 
The pause he gives before that just kills me every time. And they, everybody in the cafe, after Cake Disaster, Cake Apocalypse, 1992, as I'm going to refer to this moment from now on, <laughs> uh, starts dancing and sort of batting around loose balloons. Is it uh, Never Give Up? Is oh, that the song? You know it is. The anthem of <laughs> Swan's Crossing. Never give up. Never give up, Everyone friends. dances and dances. And everyone seems to be having a great time except for jazz. I know, Jazz is, like, forlornly wandering the restaurant. I mean, the place is fucking trashed. There's cake <laughs> everywhere. She has this look on her face, like, I cannot believe you children are dancing on top of the cake detritus. <laughs> and they're, like, throwing at each other and shit. Like, poor Jazz, she does not get it's paid enough for this. so funny. And then up by the band, we said, like the, the camera pans up, and up by the band, there is this weird old man mm-hmm. in the middle of all of the children dancing. Who is this Who man? Who is this man? Oh, it's creepy. It is so creepy. Yeah. So we get the opening sequence, and we come back to Swan's Cafe or Soda Shop or whatever the hell it's called. The music is bumping. It's no longer Never Give Up, so I guess they gave up. <laughs> they gave up on the song. <laughs> they gave up on Never Give Up. Mila yells for Neil and Jimmy, and right as she does, the music immediately cuts to super low, so it's barely in the background, and you can hear all the kids' feet, like, pounding on the stage floor while they keep dancing to nothing. Which is a consistent theme throughout this episode. And it gets worse. It happens throughout. I want to point out, when we come back from the theme song in the opening credits, Mila no longer has cake. (laughs) That's true. She's a little bit in her hair. But every, like, there is no other cake. Her dress is perfect. She's not, and everyone else is just plastered with it. Well, we get a rare bit of continuity on that later, too. With yeah. The, with the line, which is great. Yeah. Mila, Mila and Garrett come over to talk to Neil and Jimmy. Mila's, like, all happy, and she says, uh, she thinks they were behind it. She's like, oh, it must have been you guys, right? And Mila kind of gives Jimmy this opening to apologize for douching up her party, but he won't because he's Mopey McMoperson. He is very mopey about Sophia's departure from the party. Um, There's a a couple of lines in here that I really want to get to, which is Mila says, rumor rumor is that you two are responsible for all of this, to which the response is, rumors are dangerous. (laughs) To which someone says, not as dangerous as spinning cakes. <laughs> True words were never spoken. It's a well-known adage. It is. That rumors are less dangerous than spinning cakes. <laughs> so they have a little more conversation. Jimmy still refuses to be friendly. Mila asks him what's wrong. And Neil, of course, says, girls. <laughs> right. And he says, his girlfriend walked. This is the first real clear label we get on the Jimmy Sophia thing. Like, it's never actually identified up until now that Sophia was his girlfriend. Right. Mila seems thrilled that this cake thing broke the ice. Uh, People are dancing now. JT comes over and, and Mila's talking and she's like, When my show was on, I survived avalanches, floods, cave ins, but nothing could equal the magnitude of a cake explosion. <laughs> At this point, I feel like I should have a running list of all of the things that have happened on Mila's show. I think you should. But I'm not going to go back and do that. So I, if I there, will go back if and there do exists, it. If there exists a list out there of all the things that have happened on... What is the, what is the name of the show? Swans Crossing. No, not that. Not the show we're doing the podcast about. <laughs> Mila's show that she was on. It's been... <laughs> been a long year (laughs) three o'clock dreams three o'clock dreams (laughs) i did not have enough coffee this morning oh jeez. yes if someone out there has kept a list of all the disasters and all the bizarre circumstances mila's character survived on three o'clock dreams get at us we'll have our social meds at the end of the episode we will repost to all of our many many listeners we will if that if no one comes up with one I will just watch the first 10 episodes again and make a, make a list because, you know, I got to put something on while I'm knitting. Of course. So, and it might as well be this. It might Particularly as well be. if you don't want Paul in the same room. <laughs> Actually, after speaking of a long year, yes. That's, <laughs> that's a good bonus. 
Um, after it, it's clear that Sophia dumped Jimmy, Garrett says, some people just don't have a sense of humor. Did you make a note of what Jimmy responded with? Because it cracked me up. I could not hear it. Yeah, it's hard to hear. He says, I never cared about her sense of humor. <laughs> so he was only in it for grabbing boobies. You know how it is when you're 15. <laughs> oh, Garrett tells Mila to take Jimmy out for a dance, which Jimmy kind of reluctantly does. He, uh, Yeah, well, it, I'm very confused about who grabs who in that situation because it looks like Mila pulls Jimmy up onto the dance floor. I'm, I was very... This is one of those cause and effect moments. Like, who... What? Who's I don't doing know. what? Yeah. Then Sydney comes up and asks Garrett if he's finished <laughs> dancing with Mila. Wait, wait. Before that happens, there's this very quick moment where Garrett says, Good job, Atwater, to Neil. And Neil looks at him and says, I don't dance. Which I love because Neil clearly thought Garrett was going to ask him for a dance. Jeez. <laughs> I love it. There's more proof that Neil is gay and hasn't realized it yet. Yeah, absolutely. Sydney comes over, asks if Garrett is finished dancing with Mila. To which Garrett responds, I haven't broken any of the rules. Wow, defensive much, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Garrett? Mm-hmm. And then Sydney grabs him by his rich boy white silk scarf and she says, mind breaking a couple with me? And leads him away to dance. We cut over to Callie and Sasha. <laughs> and this is probably the best line in the episode. Sasha has a good number of best lines. He does. One who understands the celestial influences on a man will realize that I simply cannot dance when there's a full moon over Madagascar. Okay, whatever, dude. (laughs) Sure. To which Callie responds that according to her calculations, because I'm sure that she's tabulating this in her head, the sun has been up over Madagascar for two hours. (laughs) Saja, you are caught. You are caught in a lie. So he relents with, then as the master says, let's boogie. It's a well-known adage. Uh, Yes, an easily recognizable Buddhist koan. (laughs) So she leads him into the crowd of dancing kids where it's even more obvious that there's no real music playing because all the kids are just kind of moving in the same rhythm. So there's this like near unison stomping of feet building to a thunderous pitch. And the camera focuses in on the trio of Sandy, Glory, and JT kind of dancing in the same area. And Sandy just turns around so that JT and Glory can have a tiny private conversation. Subtle. It's just it's just like dancing, 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 and Sandy slowly sort of turns around while she's dancing. Yeah, Glory seizes the opportunity and says, at last, an uninterrupted moment. Instantly, instantly, JT spots Neil. So he stops dancing with Glory and drags her over to hang out with Neil. I could not figure out what was happening here. I was so confused. He He's like dancing with Glory. They're having a great time. And he's like, no, Neil. <laughs> he just leaves. Like there's no, oh there's no cause to this effect. JT, just admit you're in love with Neil and move on. Poor Glory. God. So we cut over to the cake table. Yes. Where Jazz is... Is picking up and Neil seems to be helping her. He's being a very chivalrous young man. I don't really know how to describe what happens next. <laughs> Which could be the theme for the entire podcast, really, but yeah. That's true. I feel like it's gonna be better coming from you. Okay, so as we as we covered, Neil is helping Jazz clean up the mess. JT tells tells Neil to help later. Like he's like, help her out, help out later. And Jazz rightfully unloads on him. Yeah. I mean, she's like, yeah, easy for you to say. This place is trashed and I've got to clean it all up myself. JT wins her over though by putting some kind of sparkly things over his eyes and acting like a robot. And the robot that he is impersonating just kind of drags Jazz for giving a shit about how utterly trashed her entire restaurant is. Her entire restaurant, and the other person, the other staff member of Swan's Cafe that we saw for a brief second in the last episode is nowhere to be seen. So they have obviously left. Jazz is closing down the place by herself. And, and the, this fucking robot is going like, beep, boop, you care about things being clean. Fuck you, loser. Like, <laughs> Here we have another instance of like a left field character choice on, the, I think, the part of the writers who decide that this is very funny to Jazz. This right. makes her laugh. What is wrong with Jazz? I would throw this little shit out of my restaurant. Right. <laughs> I'd be like, get out and never return. You are trespassed. Yeah. <laughs> 
Jazz kind of plays along with the most awkwardly written dialogue ever. Like, I I felt uncomfortable watching this scene just because this is not the way any human speaks. No, absolutely not. One of my favorite exchanges is, Neil says, like, you have this big sign on your forehead that says, I am now an official adult. And I was like, yeah, Neil, she is. Lady has a job. Yeah. She's she working, unlike the rest of you children. Jazz has bills to pay, right? for God's sake. So the kids tell her she has now entered the groany zone. And I gather that groany was a thing this show was trying to make happen, much in the way <laughs> one might try to make, say, fetch happen. <laughs> <laughs> and just like with fetch... Grony is not going to happen. Yeah, and they keep mocking her for having a job. She says, what do I do to escape? And then JT says, there's only one way. And there is the longest pause <laughs> while JT waits for Jazz to say her next it's line. Like he's waiting for his cue. <laughs> so obvious that he's like, you have a line now. Like, it's your turn. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't just do another cut on this. Like, this whole scene is so awkward. Like, Neil flubs a line. Everyone's flubbing lines right and left, and nobody thought to say cut. We're going to review the lines and take it again. I don't know how to describe how this next thing happens, but essentially Jazz pulls Neil onto the dance floor. I I took careful notes because this whole scene disturbed me. I was so confused. Please explain this to me. Just as JT unveils the cure for groaniness to Jazz, the music switches to a slow dance jam and JT tells her, you gotta party like there's no tomorrow. First, this is funny because 14 year olds do not know how to party. They think they know. They do think they know, but I can assure you, as a woman who looks to be in maybe her late 20s or early 30s, Jazz knows more about partying than these kids do, okay? She also works in a restaurant. Right. And as a person who's worked in a restaurant, those people know how to party. Oh my god, you gotta blow off. That's a stressful job. So, like, you gotta blow off steam. Speaking of stressful jobs and blowing off steam, this whole, like, interaction reminded me of my days at the summer camp I helped run. I was an assistant director, and I had many stints as, like, program coordinator, cabin counselor, whatever. The kids always think they hold the keys to, like, all fun and good times because they only see adults acting on their best behavior around them. Hopefully. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the ideal situation. Not in Jazz's case, as we'll find out shortly, but it was always so funny to all the adult staff at the camp because the kids would be like, Ugh, what do you know about fun? You pay taxes or whatever, you know? And I was, like, inside my head going, You little shits have no idea. Once you all go home at the end of camp and there are only adults left here, this entire place erupts into a drug and booze-fueled, hedonistic, literal orgy. (laughs) Like, your tiny minds would be blown if you knew a fraction of the truth. So anyway, speaking of inappropriate things to do around children, Jazz takes JT's advice a little too seriously. Oh my gosh. She goes up behind Neil grabs him in an unpleasantly forward way and says in his ear, let's get down to business. Neil gives an appropriate response, which is one of terror. Yeah. (laughs) Adults should never act this way around kids. And then Jazz pulls him onto the dance floor. Yeah, but she pulls him onto the dance floor while she says to this clearly intimidated child, send this monster back to the, the deep abyss and dance. Like, and she says it in a weirdly sexy way. Yeah. Neil yelps, it's a slow dance. Jazz is not letting go of him now. It's not, no, that, it's just happening. There's, there's no consent here. No, no. <laughs> Thank God we cut over to Jimmy and Mila. Yeah. Mila notes that Garrett and Sydney are good dancers and are very close. And she kind of says, do they have a relationship? Not only are they good dancers, Jimmy states that they are the best <laughs> dancers in town. And so this has set up a a certain amount of anticipation in me as a new watcher to this show as to what we're going to see when the camera finally pans over there. And I was not disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy says, uh, Jimmy's like, well, the last thing I want to do is talk about relationships. Mila nods and then kind of like cuddles up close to him while they're dancing. And then we get the moment. (laughs) (laughs) The moment. Mila pulls in. And, and Jimmy gets this amazing little smirk on his face. It is so funny. And as the kid who was into theater when I was that age and got to do a lot of flirty stuff with girls because I was doing that theater, I can say with certainty that is 100% the actor and oh, not the character. My notes, 
My notes actually say, we get what I have to assume is a genuine out-of-character response from Devin Doherty, the actor who plays Jimmy, because all the Jimmy coolness falls away and he gets this adorable smile like, hee-hee, pretty girl is close to me. <laughs> it's exactly what's happening. It's really cute. I am dancing with the hottest girl on the show. <laughs> it's oh adorable. It's, it's, it's such so, an honest reaction. <laughs> so cute. Oh my gosh. Oh, and then the camera pans over to Callie and Sanja dancing completely out of time to the music, whatever music is happening. Sanja's a terrible dancer. It's, it's amazing. And Callie seems to be wondering why Sophie left, to which Sanja responds, you cannot separate the dancer from the dance. What? What, what does that mean? No idea. No idea. And, and he continues to speak in non sequiturs <laughs> throughout this interaction. Then... We're over to Sydney and Garrett. We finally get to see the best dancers the, in town. The, here it is. The best dancers in town. And let me tell you, folks, it is a simple hug-sway dance. <laughs> <laughs> they are they're moving side to side, uh-huh. very close to each other. Sydney's arms are kind of around Garrett's neck. It's it's exactly what you think. <laughs> it's like any middle school dance. It's exactly that. <laughs> Sydney says... She wishes she could dance every day with every. She's like, I wish I could dance every dance with you, but it would cause a stir, you know. So, right, obviously. No go. Sydney tentatively brings up the cucking contract and its terms, reminding Garrett that he can't slow dance with Mila. He agrees that if he has to slow dance with her for appearances' sake, he will keep her at arm's length. It's actually kind of cute and it flirty is. this scene. However. They are so close to JT and everyone else dancing. And I was like, this is so awkward. Everyone else in the scene can obviously hear them and is pretending not to. I know, especially since there's no music and everyone's there's just no sort music. of energyless clogging around them. I wouldn't say there's no music. There is a faint hint of melody under the clogging. It's very faint. It is it is there. It's like a wisp. It's a wisp of music. A wisp of music and heavy clogging. Yeah. That maybe that's the episode title. We'll see. A wisp of music and heavy clogging <laughs> is very good. Jazz is trying to show Neil how to waltz to a 3-4 rhythm, but the music that's playing is 2-4, so I don't know why she's doing this. She's just counting off the beats, and he's all, it's too complicated. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you were counting off the wrong beats, that will be too complicated. Yeah, Neil gets frustrated, as am I, and Jazz continues to sexually harass this child by pushing her adult body against his. <laughs> she's like, get closer and follow my lead. Jazz, what Jazz. are you doing? Jazz. Not a good look, Jazz. Then we get this close-up of Sydney and Garrett dancing, like, all super close. But, but there's a really brief moment of Glory and JT oh, yeah. just flying across the dance floor. <laughs> you think they're about to say something, they're about to have, like, a micro scene, and the camera just pans <laughs> away. <laughs> so then it goes into this weird sort of semi-dream sequence where the rest of the soda shop goes a little dark and it's just Sydney and Garrett who all, are lit. All of the cake is gone. Yeah. Like... They're in these, like, pristine, formal, like, she's got her beautiful red dress on, and he's wearing his tuxedo with the stupid scarf, <laughs> and there, there's this incredibly slow, almost kiss. So slow. Like, it's unbelievably so long. It feels like it takes a minute as they just incrementally move toward each <clears throat> other, like, at the pace that continents move. They're, like, almost about to kiss, and then we're back to regular life. And she pulls away. Yeah, they kind of pull away and look around like, oh shit, somebody might have seen us. Yeah. And then they agree, someday. Someday. He is obviously disappointed. Oh yeah. <laughs> Garrett, Garrett bummed. I don't know whether the someday thing means we'll dance every dance someday, or we'll make out in front of everyone someday. Or maybe we'll just kiss once someday. Maybe. I kind of get the impression they've already kissed at least once, but I, who knows? I'm confused. Like, it doesn't seem like... I don't think we've had... Have we had one kiss? No. And... To, to my recollection, there is exactly one kiss that happens throughout the entire show. I could be wrong about that. I will not tell you who it's between. It's a surprise. Oh my gosh. I hope it's JT and Neil. <laughs> um. We go to commercial. When we come back, we're on Owen, who's playing his drums and giving this weird look across the room to Mila. I want to point out here that the there is the sound of drums, yeah. and Owen is drumming. But nary the twain shall meet. <laughs> the the two the two things are completely disconnected from each other. Owen is drumming in an alternate dimension. <laughs> yeah, 
It is, however, closer to Owen to to there being an attempt that it looks like Owen is actually drumming than we have seen in several episodes. Yes. By the way, someone's mowing a lawn outside the windows right now, so if you hear that in the background, it is what it is. We cannot stop. We cannot stop the um, podcast or people mowing their yards. By now, you should be used to our incredibly high production values, all 17 of you listeners. We love you as much as Owen loves Mila, which is a lot because we get another fantasy sequence where she's in her bedazzled peach glamour dress. This time, she's just standing in the soda shop alone. And she's doing very very awkward smiles. Very, like, yeah. You can tell she felt weird about these shots. Like, I just stand here and smile. And we cut back to Owen. Oh, what is he doing with his lips? He is making the most intense, like, oh yeah, face. Like, you know, 100% of the content of Owen's spank bank is just <laughs> Mila in that fucking dress. Oh my gosh. It is uh, unfortunate. It, Owen looks very horny and it's upsetting. Callie, Mila, Sanja, and Garrett are over at the counter. Apparently, we're about to do the Swans Crossing line deck. That is a thing that is happening next. And Callie and Mila have not seen this yet. Yeah. um, Sanja tries to explain what it is by saying it's a common geometric ritual common to Mm. those of this geographic region, which I'm pretty sure is another floodline. Probably, yes. Definitely. Here's the thing. You had seen this before, so you knew what was coming. I did. And I, having not seen this before, am like, they're going to break out some country music and some hats. Nope. And the, the, fa- the sad thing is, dear listeners, that I, in fact, had seen this before. <laughs> because the, the Swans Crossing line dance is the dance that they have been doing for nine episodes before this. In the opening credits, they are just now doing it in formal wear as a celebration at Mila Rovznowski's party. And it is an intensely stupid dance. And apparently the kids have made up this dance to honor their town, I suppose, because like there are hand gestures in it that sort of allude to an S and a C and a swan and a crossing. Yeah. So I think they made up this like, we're all from Swan's Crossing, here's how we show it. My friends, Devin and Emily, did have a weird dance slash secret handshake thing they did all the time at every school dance and whenever they were celebrating some kind of personal victory together, but no one else did it with them. This is the whole town, or at least it's teen members. Could this be the Swans Crossing Macarena? It must be. I feel like that's what it is. It is less fun, and it is very strange. But yeah. it is it is to the theme song, Gotta Grow Up Sometime. Indeed. We get the theme song. Garrett sort of shows all the steps to yep. it by dancing around in his tuxedo with his scarf waving. It is truly amazing. It's truly amazing. It is amazing. And then... We cut to Nancy and Sydney. Oh, God. Nancy has so much cake in her hair. She is a walking cake. <laughs> She's just fully caked. It is amazing. Sydney's sort of gazing at Garrett as he does this dance. I'm sort of like forlornly picking cake off of her dress. Nancy comes up and says, He moves well. And Sydney kind of brushes her off with, It's just a dance. It's hard to tell, but maybe she's referring to the chemistry between Garrett and Mila. I don't know. Nancy says, don't you get it? Cake doesn't even seem to stick to her. <laughs> Which is that lovely continuity. Yes. Mila does, in fact, have very little cake. Yes, it's still like one on lock her. of hair. <laughs> and then Nancy says... She twists the dagger by saying, Look at you. You're covered in it. I love Nancy so much. Nancy is our queen. She is the Maleficent. She's the Cruella de Vil. Of a spa- of Spawn's Crossing. Of Swan's <laughs> Crossing. What is the name of this podcast? This show. Three o'clock dreams. Three o'clock dreams. <laughs> as we as they're all doing the line dance, the countess comes up, grabs Mila out of the line dance, and attempts to spirit her away. It seems important. It seems dire that she get her out of this line dance. But the rest of the cast just keeps dancing. And there's this long shot of all the kids doing their coordinated line dance that goes on for way too long. It does make me, thinking back to that long, slow, almost kiss, I'm like, God, they were really trying to fill some time in this episode. Yes, they were. The, the, writers, the writers were on strike from writing cause and effect, <laughs> so the, the producers had to fill some time. <laughs> 
Oh, the Countess says this has all been humiliating, and as soon as their affairs are together, they're going to leave. And Mila's having fun. She feels like everyone else for the first time in her life. The Countess seems mortified that she's put Mila's career on hold to come here. And Mila says, do I have to have a career to be interesting? <laughs> also, a really great line. I love the Countess sometimes. Mila's like... Uh, I, I, I feel like everybody else. And the Countess says, how horrible. <laughs> Mila's like, I'm glad we came to Swan's Crossing. And the Countess says, why? So the head that studios are slaying each other for ends up covered in frosting. Oh my gosh. Uh, the studios are not slaying each other for Mila's head. Mila got canceled two years ago and has not worked since then. Yay. Ooh. She peaked early. I do also want to bring... Up a real quick point because behind them, as they are dancing, um, you, there is a moment where the the line dance includes a jazz square on the <laughs> ground. It does. Uh, that that is a very simple uh, choreography move that uh, you learn to do about the time that you get to middle school if you're mm -hmm. doing theater, and everyone's doing it except Garrett is on a step, <laughs> so he cannot step forward. Or backward. So the movement for that particular moment is everybody doing the jazz square and Garrett doing this weird side shuffle, side shuffle thing that really sort of stands out as being a very odd moment. It's more of a jazz line. Really. He's selling it beautifully. He is. He's just crushing the sale of this. Kudos to Shane Mc oh McDermott my. for rising to the challenge. Well done. Speaking of Garrett, he comes over in the midst of this argument between the Countess and Mila and asks her to dance. And the Countess agrees she should go dance with her friend. As they go off, the Countess puts on her shades, then immediately removes them again to give a disturbed look out into the ether. <laughs> As you do. Not to the camera, though. No, no, no. She does not take to the camera. She's too much of a pro for that, this actress. Right, obviously. So, uh, they, they're back dancing. Uh, Garrett asks her what was wrong. Mila goes, everything. Isn't it great? <laughs> he spins her around. They're both smiling. And then suddenly we cut to Sydney. Oh, God. Sydney is watching this all with the face I made when Bambi's mom got shot. Like, it's just <laughs> so sad. You can feel her dreams getting crushed right before her eyes. It's tragic. And then we cut over to Jazz and Neil. Oh, I don't even take the note of... Uh, wait, do we cut over to Jazz and Neil then? Yeah. What do you have in your notes for it? Because mine goes right to Garrett saying he has to talk to Jimmy. No, 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 no. There's a brief little moment of Jazz and Neil. Neil seems to be getting the hang of the dancing. And, it's, and Jazz is like, keep that up, Neil. Everybody's going to want to dance with you. Ooh, How Jazz. creepy are you, Jazz? She's Mary Kay Letourneau-ing him. It's I gross. don't like it. Ugh. Okay. Okay, so then Garrett says he's got to go talk to Jimmy. And we get another shot of Owen pretending to play the drums, yet clearly doing no such he thing. He is definitely making boom noises with his mouth. Yeah! He's like, ba 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 But it's, it's not the drums that are in the music. Nope. And uh, his sticks are not touching anything. So Mila, who has just been abandoned by Garrett, walks over to <laughs> Owen... Maybe because he's looking at her like a creeper. Probably. And he he takes off his sunglasses cover. It's, he's got those like clip-on yeah. sunglasses over his glasses. All this time it's, I thought he was wearing actual shades. It's so cute. It's clip-ons. It's adorable. Oh. And then he, he just kind of, he's like floundering for something to say to her. And he goes, uh, singing. Remember you said you'd like to try and learn? And she says, I like to do a lot of things. And Whoa. I just want to point out that this actress, lovely as she is, does not have Callie Walker's ability to make even the most innocent things sound sexual. <laughs> not yet, but I will tell you what. After she did Swan's Crossing, she went on to play Jessica Wakefield in uh, Sweet Valley High, the, the miniseries. Oh. And she nailed it, man. She okay. got Jessica Wakefield as a sex pot, and Brittany Daniel got it down for that. All right. Also, shout out to my husband, Paul. His number one celebrity crush is Brittany Daniel, which makes it even weirder that he won't watch Swan's Crossing. That's very strange. Oh, he is absolutely in love with her because of the role she played in Joe Dirt. He's like, she's so gorgeous. Like, he's <laughs> obsessed with her in Joe Dirt. So, okay. It's very cute. So, yeah. So, Mila. Can I just point out, though? Yes. That... At this point, she's 16 years old, and I feel great that Paul does not want to watch her yes. in this show. That's true. That's, good on, that's good on really Paul. that's really for the best. Unlike Jazz, who seems to be just going for it. I mean, okay, listen. Full disclosure: I looked up what uh, Eddie Robinson is up to these days. The the dude who plays Neil. He got hot. 
what? Oh, oh my goodness. And he did this really great short film, which was really cool. Although, you know, full disclosure again, I watched it while I was stoned. That might have affected how much I enjoyed it. But he has his shirt off in that, and dude is ripped. He's got some abs. I was like, I feel dirty for watching this right now and finding this man so attractive because I've been watching him as a kid in this show. Neil. Everyone is going to want to dance with you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, after Mila gives this uh, unintentionally sexy line, which you know is also going into Owen's spank bank, he tries, to, <laughs> he tries to get her to sing right then, but she's too shy. So she asks for a rain check, and he says... Uh, how about a cake check? Oh, not a thing. Cake check, because it was raining cake. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Got it, thank you. And <laughs> he, he hands her a drumstick <laughs> and says, It's like a gift certificate. Cash it in for a singing lesson in my studio. Anytime. Just don't try to swim with it, because as we already know, no one can swim with drumsticks. Nobody can swim with drumsticks. Over with Jimmy and Garrett. Garrett's trying to talk Jimmy out of his post-dump funk. Jimmy says he can't forget Sophia. We get our first drop of a song that will have major significance later in the hearts and minds of all Swans Crossing fans. It is Everybody Wants to Rule the World. It's significant later, Nathan. You're staring at me with a blank look right now, but trust me. It's not a blank look. It is a look of sheer joy and anticipation. <laughs> I cannot wait to experience this You're going to like it. It's, it's a real moment later on <laughs> when the song reappears. Garrett suggests Jimmy find something to take his mind off Sophia, and we see Jimmy kind of look at Callie. And he doesn't... It seems like Garrett's trying to convince him to make a move, and Jimmy is not having it. I was very confused by the dialogue in this scene, because it does not make any sense to me it really doesn't jimmy kind of says mind your own business while making the world's most half-hearted fist and then garrett says they were right the world's most dangerous animal is a wounded one and walks away and at this point i was like hey garrett good job glad you stopped dancing with mila to go have this conversation it seemed very urgent at the time you stopped dancing with mila (laughs) You're like, oh my gosh, Jimmy, I gotta go. It's like he had an appointment with Jimmy. He's like, oh shit, it's 11.15. I'm supposed to meet with Jimmy to discuss how he got dumped. Right. Oh my gosh. Callie comes over, asks Jimmy to dance, tries to get him cheered up. Uh, There is no cheering Jimmy up. He decides to take off. She's like, Jimmy, you look so serious. And he's like, not serious enough for. And then she says, a 17-year-old girl. Like, don't rub salt in the wound, first of all, Callie. But he casts this wise stare into the middle distance and he says, you wouldn't understand. And then Callie says, you liked her, didn't you? Because remember, there's no love in this universe. There is only like. So if Jimmy were to confess to liking Sophia, it would be like the ultimate invulnerability. Right. And he says, what is this? Get it, Jimmy Day? I got split. <laughs> she asks him where, she, where he's going and he <laughs> says, nowhere, everywhere. At least my bike's in one piece. I just, I really wish that they had just tacked on, unlike my heart, (laughs) to the end of that. Oh, Jimmy. Uh, He's such a, like, he's supposed to be like a James Dean type in this scene. It's so funny. It's beautiful. And then uh, she tells him to take it easy. The bike still needs adjustments because, obviously, the two of them both work in the same mechanic shop, but Callie is now fixing his bike. Yeah, well... Because yeah. she is better at everything than everyone else on the show. Callie, Thank God. Kelly knows how to do things and knows things and no one else does. <laughs> Callie has, like, she, she has this face like, oh my God, premonition of doom, right? She just knows something bad's gonna happen. And Jimmy mopes off into the night. And we get this extremely long shot of Callie watching Jimmy leave. The the camera (laughs) zooms. So it's like long shot on Callie, long shot on Callie. And then the camera starts to zoom out. And you realize Sandy has been standing right next to her. Just like waiting for Callie to notice her. It's like an arrested (laughs) development reveal. I mean, it's that funny. The way that the camera pans out and Sandy is right there. <laughs> Sandy kind of brings up what a dick Jimmy is all the time. And she, and she says, I'm real friendly, but it doesn't do much good. Jimmy's not and everyone likes him. Callie gives Sandy some kind of compliment about her singing, which Sandy is obviously looking for some, some like positive reinforcement here. Uh, and Sandy invites Callie to join the band and sing backup. And <laughs> 
heads to the stage, and then we then we get a slow zoom in on Callie as she remembers Jimmy's last words to her that just sort of <laughs> echo. Yes, echo. the echo effect. It's nowhere, nowhere everywhere, everywhere, writing, writing, and with echo. Echo! It's amazing. <laughs> I love it so much. The we, echo effect gets me every time. We go to commercial break. We come back. Callie, Sandy, and Gloria are dancing. Sandy is singing. Callie and Gloria are on backup. I think the name of the song is Walk That Line? It's Cross That Line. Cross and That Did line. you recognize this song, Nathan? I did not. Because this, when slowed down and played on a sexy sax, is the romantic jam that plays whenever Gloria and JT are together. Oh. oh! I told you I've seen this show way too many times. That is truly an amazing that you know that. You you have watched this show too many times. I know. It's, it's a problem. We see Saja, who is tempted by a hot dog like Jesus in the wilderness. Jazz, like Satan, comes over to encourage him to eat the hot dog. He resists, though. Overcomes the temptation, thereby ascending to a higher plane of spiritual awareness, probably. It's too long, but <laughs> tempted by a hot dog like Jesus in the wilderness is an amazing title for this episode. I'll, I'll see what I can do. I might be able to make it work. <laughs> it's important to remember, in case folks have forgotten, that Saja is a professing vegetarian. Yes, it, which is part of his Buddhist thing that he's doing. I'm not really sure what what weird in, in, inaccurate Asian stereotype this is supposed to be. But he is making like very strange mouths at this hot dog that he is holding, and then when Jazz confronts him about it, he sets it down and says, "No, I'm just looking." <laughs> I do that a lot, too. I pick up random hot dogs only to look at them and admire them and put them down and walk away again. And then as the camera follows Jazz away, (laughs) Saja leans down and does this long sniff of the hot dogs. (laughs) You almost miss it because it's just at the right edge of the camera frame. But it's so good. Oh, we see Mila, Garrett, Sydney, and JT kind of sitting around in a booth. Garrett asks her, well, Garrett asks Mila what the drumstick is, and she says, a new beginning, a magic wand. No, it's just one of Bowen's sticks. Yeah. Mila wants to sing like Sandy does. Uh, Sandy's currently singing up there. Yeah. Uh, and Garrett, as her quote-unquote agent, if you can remember that far back, <laughs> claims <laughs> claims 10% of her singing, her singing gigs. Man, 10%, that's a good deal. My agent gets 15%. And then she gets all flirty and is like, what are you going to do for the 10%? And then Sydney kind of snort laughs. She's like, ugh, these two. <laughs> JT is watching Glory dance, but in a way less creepy way than how Owen watches Mila. It's true. It's true. It's actually kind of cute. It is. Then I get what, what, what I like to call the dilemma montage. We see Jimmy out riding his bike in the darkness for a second. Then Garrett looking back and forth between Mila and Sydney <laughs> with indecision. Then Saja giving in and eating the hot dog. His soul is forever damned. And Callie dancing but still thinking about Jimmy with his echoey voice ringing in her head. Nowhere, Nowhere everywhere, everywhere, riding. riding, riding. I'm going to put an echo effect on that, by the way. So. Oh, excellent. <laughs> and then we see Jimmy has an accident. Or rather, we see the camera have an accident as it plows through bushes <laughs> from Jimmy's point of view. It's a point of view shot of Jimmy having an accident. Yeah, he screeches out of control for no apparent reason. <clears throat> like, you know, a dog, a swan doesn't run in front of him across the road or anything. He just is driving along the road and just boom into, into the bushes for no reason. If it had been a swan, that would have been amazing. Have been I wish it had been a swan. In our heads, it's a swan. That's canon now, too. Yep. Okay, I'm now counting imaginary swans. Okay, imaginary swans won. So Jimmy plows into the underbrush and cut to black. The credits roll in complete silence over a black screen. (gasps) Is this the end for Jimmy? Who knows? Oh my god. I do want to jump back real quick before we get on to predictions and other things. The moment that where where Garrett is sitting between uh, Sydney and Mila. Um, there's no conversation, and he keeps looking back and forth between the two of them, like he's trying to decide. <laughs> he is like, which of these babes should be my girlfriend? It is so unspeakably awkward. Oh my god, it's so weird. 
All right, well, I hardly even have to ask this question because it's pretty obvious that Jazz is the psychopath of the week. Oh, 100%. That was gross. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like Mila gives her a bit of a run for her money with the weird, like, sobbing. But but she is fairly consistent when she comes out of the weird sobbing thing. Yeah. Yeah. Jazz is just inexcusable. It's it's un, it's unfortunate. I, I am worse for having seen this. <laughs> I know you are. And what's really unfortunate is that it gets worse. I mean, it's not with Jazz, but... Oh, okay. <laughs> but the wildly inappropriate relationships between adults and children... Gets worse. Because I love jazz. You yeah. know I love jazz. Yeah. Her and Nancy, if I could just get like an offshoot show oh God, where amazing. it's jazz and Nancy, I would be over the moon. Oh, that would be so great. It was just just be jazz, uh, jazz working in the cafe, bitching about all of these horrible children, and Nancy <laughs> agreeing with her, making snide comments while like sipping a martini at the in under under the gear. <laughs> Kind of a cheers thing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Love this plan. Feel good about we it. We should write it. Oh, jeez. Let's pitch it. Yes. Swan's Crossing 2. <laughs> Nancy and Jazz. What's our swan count for this one? Only two new fake swans, one new imaginary swan. So we're at one imaginary swan, 24 actual swans, and 41... <gasps> other swans i i find it hard to believe that the real swans are going to catch up at this point i i'm dubious but i don't know i haven't watched it 17 times i'm trying i'm trying to remember how many more shots we get of real swans it does seem like like there's been a dearth of real swans for some time well we haven't been down at the beach for a while so that's true that's true we haven't been to the um the lydia the 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 lita the lita yes yeah my notes say natha's predictions i'm gonna add an n to the end of your name and lay them on me great you're gonna hear me type everyone because we're recording in person i can't mute my mic so i think next episode we have to be out of the cafe (laughs) there is no way that this this cafe sustains three episodes in a row uh we get we get the i think i think next episode opens on the baldies or the 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 federal guys doing something i'm very confused about what their next step is i think we see no jazz next episode jazz is jazz is spending the next week deep cleaning swan's crossing cafe (laughs) and we're going to have it's going to be like a like a like a post party kind of episode where I think we're going to get quite a bit of JT and Glory doing flirty stuff interrupted by Neil. Um, I think next episode we're back at Neil's house. We haven't seen Muffy in a while. Oh, next episode is where the mayoral race really heats up. Sydney gets very involved in her mom's campaign. Garrett and Mila do swimming lesson number two, finally. Or... Mila goes to Owen's studio for a singing lesson. Sandy gets very threatened by the blossoming relationship between Owen and Mila. That's it. That's what Okay. All right. I like those predictions. We will see how accurate they were uh, next week. I had half of one this week. So <laughs> Excellent. Well, my gosh, it has been real. It has been fun recording in person with you. I will continue to refine our sound quality to make it as good as possible for all 17 of our loyal listeners. Excellent. Uh, we love you. We do. Big thank you to Richard Winsler and Steve Lane for the use of our theme song, Gotta Grow Up Sometime, from the hit show Swan's Crossing. Yes, yes. And if you would like to get in touch with us to tell us how revolted you were by jazz macking on Neil, please do. You can find us on social media on Twitter at Gotta Grow Up Pod and on Instagram at Swan's Cross Pod. Please rate and subscribe. Yes, rate and subscribe. And uh, and I guess that's it. Until, until next week, everyone. Uh, may all of your... May all of your cakes rain down in all their glory. I love that I have just... I have just left the closing to you because I have no ideas. I have... I have wait, wait. truly, truly just like neglected my role as co-host... I got it. I got it. Until next week, may you resist the temptation of hot dogs in the desert. (laughs) It's very good. It's very good. Thank you. (laughs) Warning.
warning. Parental words of responsibility. <laughs> you mean... Just when you thought it was safe to party. You have now entered the Crony Zone!